and welcome back to Giovanni Andrioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Uh, what's happening, everybody? Um, I thought I'd change up the intro a little bit, and uh, and I like like I try to do with uh, with most of my episodes, some more successfully than others, but I do my best. Uh, I want to get right into it. I don't have a ton of time. I'm trying to squeeze this in between um, having some time and uh, having to go downstairs and and join this stupid. Uh, school board meeting Zoom call thing. I don't, can't even tell you. Uh, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. But whatever. Uh, do what you have to do. It's a uh, it's a very weird situation that we're in right now, especially with schools reopening and like the the plans to do that and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of a forum for parents and and students and whatever to try to like speak their minds, see what the where the administration's coming from. I don't really know. We'll, we'll have to find out more about it in a sec. I, I, by we, I mean me, uh, probably won't talk about it on the podcast because it's not really that interesting. But uh, anyway, uh, Ex Machina. This is a movie that I missed the chance to see when it came out in 2015. It was something that I heard a lot of good things about. And I knew it was coming out and I knew it was uh, it was very popular amongst like film buffs and, and sci-fi nerds and stuff. But I never got the chance to see it and I didn't really know much about it, which... I think really helped because I went in totally cold. I knew there was a robot lady with a weird looking face and that's about it. So, um, I, you know, I just started watching it and wow, was I blown away. Like I expected it to be good, but I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. This is a really, really amazing movie. Um, I'm really glad that I didn't know anything about it. Didn't watch any trailers, no synopsis. Just like this is a, this is a film that I know I'm going to like. And I'm just going to go into it uh, as cold as I can. And I'm really glad I did that because what a surprise. This is awesome. I love, I love how interesting a counterpoint this provides to Species, which is a movie that I just talked about. Um, I talked in that episode about how much I hate when movies lay everything out for you at the very beginning. I really, really hate when there's a text or a really long expository scene that gives you everything you need to know immediately because then it ruins the interest that the movie could have held throughout the rest of it because you already know everything. You're waiting for the characters to catch up to what you knew before anything started really happening. And I really hate that storytelling device. I think it ruins a lot of movies that could have been a lot better without it. So I was so happy when at first I start seeing these, you know, that, you know, the music immediately kicks in and hot Damn, the music is amazing in this. There's so many moments of sheer musical brilliance in this movie. It's amazing, the stuff that they pull off. I don't know anything about instruments or beats or anything really about the production of music, but however they did it, it fit the movie so perfectly, and everything that they chose, it just melded together so well, and it gives it such an atmosphere and such a really strong and identifiable vibe. And man, oh my god, I was really blown away by the score. And then... um so right from from the jump, I'm getting the score. I'm like, oh wow, this is really good. And then I'm I'm a little confused. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Seems like somebody's won a contest. Everybody's excited. Really atmospheric music, and then we're off a helicopter ride across this crazy landscape, and we get these kind of ominous um, like shots of really open landscape. And then he approaches the house, and you immediately see, oh, he's getting a key card. This is super high tech. Okay, it's really secluded. You understand that all this land is this guy's land somehow. So he's got like this sort of comic book billionaire kind of feel to him. Like he seems like almost too good to be true, too big to be true. Like the land is larger than life. The house is larger than life. The technology is larger than life. Everything about the intro 
draws you in and really makes you want to understand what's happening and get to know more about why these events are occurring. And so we get in and we start to meet uh, our main characters and we finally um, we meet Caleb and uh, and Nathan and we get to start see their seeing their back and forth and see uh, how they interact with each other and um, I really enjoyed that this was a very small cast so I would say really the main characters would be Nathan, Ava, and Caleb obviously but I think a lot of people discredit Kyoto, Ky- Kyoko, Kyoko, yeah Kyoko um, who is the um, maid I guess you would call housekeeper or something like that I'm not really sure exactly what her job title would be but She's also a very interesting character, and how she plays into the movie towards the end and and with the climax and everything was very interesting, and I totally did not expect it. I think that this movie does a really great job of playing you so effectively. It knows exactly what beats it needs to hit and exactly how to mess with you, and um, I like how it kind of twists what you think is going to happen because there's a a lot of things where I saw it and I was like, huh, that seems kind of obvious. And then a little while later, it paid off in a, in a different way. So I called that the um, that Kyoko was a robot way before the movie revealed it to me. It just seemed it just seemed like the movie was going there. But what I didn't see coming was Ava being uh, sort of a villain. I didn't realize she was going to be so man- manipulative, and I didn't under like I didn't not not understand that's not the right word, but I didn't see coming that she was going to be kind of playing everyone and trying to game her way out. And I think it's very interesting that the movie is telling you that she is actually passing the the test by doing that. She's showing, um, like, incomplete empathy, like, selective empathy. She's, like, using, you know, she's relating to him on certain levels and playing to certain fears and, like, wishes that he has, and she knows exactly how to manipulate those things and learn about them and try to, like, mold them into a story that she knows he will understand that story and, be, and like, connect with her in that way, and she sort of, like, forms this false narrative to help, uh, help her escape, and I really did not expect that, and I thought it was interesting the way it comments on, like, gender roles and how... Uh, he, uh, Oscar is a very, like, he's, like, really nerdy, but then he's also trying, he, you know, he puts on this really odd and, and very often, uh, clearly staged performance of being super macho and, and really manly, like, we meet him shirtless and boxing out in the wilderness, and, you know, every time we see him, like, very early in the morning, he's, he's often, like, lifting a huge weight or whatever, and we kind of see how he's trying to put on this air of like uh of like larger than life like kind of god like status which is even something he verbalizes in the movie on this person who he's trying to he kind of sees as less he's nerdier he's you know he's more meek physically he's less imposing and i think that was really interesting to see those two they're very similar in terms of what they like the knowledge they possess and the types of things that they're interested in but they go about doing it very different ways there's much less of a performance with uh with Caleb and I think that was an interesting juxtaposition and then the same thing with Ava and Kyoko they're both um they're both programmed they're both robots they both have very similar life experiences never been allowed to leave the these walls never uh met anyone besides these people but they 
um, they fulfill very different roles, and I thought it was like a lot of the imagery in this is very haunting, especially when it comes to those two characters. Uh, the stuff with like once the robots aren't working, and and how he kind of disposes of them, and then the the closets full of all the old models was really eerie. Um, when they peel back that sort of weird like fake flesh thing, I think it was almost creepier than it wasn't blood. Something like Terminator, you know, you put an organic um, an organic covering over an, an artificial skeleton and you see that that's still blood, that's still gory. I think it was almost oddly more disturbing that it wasn't that. It was so artificial. There's no blood. There's nothing human about them. They can just peel back their skin and it's like more gross that it isn't gross, if that makes any sense. And um, you see like all the mechanical components and how and how weird that is. Uh, and I think uh, it was very interesting how the film kind of plays with that imagery and how towards the end, once they start to make the turn towards less human, you see their their like insides more. And it was more in the movie, you start with that, and then as uh, Caleb sees her as more human and he grows closer to her, she starts to physically become more human. She puts on the wig, she's dressing... Um, like she's putting clothes over the the mechanical components and then by the end she's been able to like fully disguise herself as human and I just thought that was I don't know that was very interesting it's part of me that's realizing now I kind of wish I would have done this episode a little bit closer to when I saw the movie I feel like my thoughts were more formulated like more clearly on the symbolism um, I will say one thing that sticks out in my head uh, is the Jackson Pollock painting I haven't totally deciphered like what that means to me like what my interpretation of that is I'm, I'm maybe uh repeat viewings i might like kind of get it a little more i'm sure maybe somebody's screaming at me like you fucking idiot like obviously it's so obvious i didn't really see it i thought it was a very powerful image just purely visually but i didn't totally see exactly what it's trying to get across to me but i think that'd be something interesting to try to pick up on more and more as i watch it uh again I think one of the things I really did love was the whole idea of not only the whole conversation about like does it know it's playing chess and we see towards the end yes uh, this robot does not chess but playing human emotions like it understands how to do that in a way that we would too so it's been programmed to a level where it is actually successfully uh, passing the Turing test and really simulating human emotion and behavior but then I think it was really interesting that they have that conversation about, like, wouldn't it be more effective to, to hide her from you? And he's like, no, because if I hid her from you, you wouldn't know she was human. You have to know she's a robot and still forget that she's a robot, is kind of what he's saying. And then at the end, we get the we finally get the payoff of her going and standing in the busy intersection and, and taking in all this human life. And that starts with silhouettes, and they're all headless, which I thought was very interesting because framing choices like that have to be intentional. You don't really see many other people's faces. And I think it's really interesting that I, I think what they're trying to say with that, uh, with just that visual image, is that without, you know, seeing the faces, without seeing the full picture, we just accept these things as human. Like, she could be one of those um, those people, and without, like, her, her kind of weird looking face we would never know if we just saw the like the bottom half of her it's like it's like the 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 face the the like the mind like all that stuff up there the stuff we don't see that is what really separates her from them and then we see only her face and like 
I don't know. That that just stood out to me. I think that's maybe what they were going for there. I'm not sure. Um, I'm might be a totally different thing. I might have read read it completely wrong. I don't know, but that's something that that really stuck out to me. I thought that was a it was an interesting framing choice, and I think very intentional. You know what else? Uh, I was saying that this was an interesting counterpoint to species in a lot of ways, and it's not exactly the same uh, thematic material. Like it's not totally exploring everything the same way. Like it's not approaching everything. Uh, it's not trying to tackle the same ideas, but I think it does, there's some, some crossover in some of the themes, and I think this obviously does it a lot better. Uh, I really enjoyed the fact that this is a, the type of movie that fully, like, fleshes out its premise, and it takes any ideas that it has to, like, their logical conclusion. It explores every aspect of the ideas that it's presenting. That's something I really love about pieces of art. Um, stuff with great concepts where you can see just a thousand different directions that it could go and I like when I feel that um, whatever you know piece of media that is when I feel like it does an adequate job of that um, why the last man was very similar not in terms of source material but just in terms of something where I feel like just from the premise alone like the last literal last man on earth and the rest of the people are women and then it's just like, how are the, you know, what are all the different permutations of this concept that we can cram into the story? And they do a really good job of that. And I think the same thing applies here, where we have, you know, the the idea of, like, what separates a human from a machine, what constitutes actual artificial intelligence, what is the difference between a mind and, um, and an artificial one, and then you know, it explores, like, the different ideas of, of gender roles and the, and the different, um, archetypes of, like, a, of a nerdy guy and how they still kind of end up both being wrong just in different ways. Uh, I think it's really interesting how it plays with all that, and I love the fact that it goes from, like, you know, Caleb's obviously having questions about the situation pretty early on, and, uh, and he's realizing a lot of things that are happening, and he's, kind of falling right into Ava's trap, but then there's also the idea that he is wondering if he's a machine, and that's something that I was kind of starting to wonder around the same time, and, you know, that scene where he's, like, he breaks apart the razor, and then he's, like, he cuts into himself, you know, to see if there's any robot parts under there, and it's such an excruciating effect, like, it really looks realistic, it, it looked really good, and, um, just that idea, just the mind, you know, like just the mind-blowing quality of that idea that, you know, questioning, am I even human? That was so, so interesting, and that was such a great thing to add into this movie. It really helped build these characters and, like, just establish these ideas so effectively, and, and especially in just one really powerful image. That was amazing. Man, that was amazing. And then uh, I really liked the fact that it kind of twists who you think the villain will be. Um, that's not to say that... Uh, that Oscar is totally blameless. He definitely, you know, a lot of the, or, <laughs> I call him Oscar. Um, Nathan, Nathan, it's Oscar Isaac. Got, got, you know, confused. But, uh, but it's not to say that Nathan isn't totally blameless. But, you know, he doesn't actually end up being the real villain. He's kind of manufacturing these things as part of the test. And he understands, at least he thinks he does, that Ava might try something like this. But 
that might not be happening if, uh, if you know, the conditions that she'd been quote-unquote raised under hadn't been so harsh, hadn't been so severe. And, like, maybe if he would take a walk with her or, like, show her around this amazing amount of land that he owns, you know, maybe some things would have changed. But the fact is he doesn't, and that kind of leads her down this specific path. But, um... But then he isn't totally the villain. He's not the one that ends up murdering people by the end. You know, that's still Kyoko and, and Ava. They still end up being the more stereotypical, like, monster movie type villains. And, you know, this is predominantly like a drama slash thriller. But towards the end, it kind of goes a little bit horror movie. And um, and especially, there's two, well, I that's not true. There's a bunch of images from the movie that really stick with me. Uh, I love the, like I said, the image of Caleb cutting himself open. Um, I love the Jackson Pollock painting. It's just so striking. And I love the, the way like their skin looks like the, the fake skin looks and the way the, the, just the design of the robot parts, all that really, really good. And then another really striking image from this movie is towards the end when, when you see, uh, Caleb's trapped and he's screaming and he's throwing a chair at the, at the window and nothing's happening you can't hear he's not making a dent and it's just so heartbreaking and so um just it's got this quality this hopeless quality uh, it's another similar thing with the with the footage of the one previous robot just smashing her hands against the wall until they start to break off that was man that was powerful but yeah there's a lot of really powerful images in this movie which is another big reason why i liked it so much and uh and yeah and it's and to a certain degree, you obviously feel bad for Caleb, and you don't want that to happen. You feel like there's no reason that she couldn't just go with him. But at the same time, he kind of has this weird, sort of dreamlike, idealized uh, vision for her. And he doesn't really seem to... Would he help her if he wasn't romantically interested in her is kind of a question the film raises. And it sort of answers that by Ava leaving him behind as kind of her feeling like you know, you're only into me because you think I'm pretty, or you have this weird, like, idea that you can save me and, and turn me into kind of your girlfriend or whatever, and it's, it's interesting how it examines that, like, he's a, he's been, between him and Oscar, he's the nicer guy, he's the, the guy who, you know, you'd probably be more prone to say, yeah, that's the good guy, but at the same time, is he truly good? Because, you know, there's even the, the part in there about how Ava's specifically been designed to look like someone who would appeal to him. If this woman was, I don't know, let's say a cast member from <laughs> my 600-pound life, would he have the same degree of of um, empathy for her? Would he feel the same way for her if she didn't if she didn't flirt with him? You know, it's really interesting, and it just gives you a lot to think about. And I think that's a big thing with this movie is uh, is a lot to think about. And then besides, uh, besides the, all the thematic stuff and all the, the stuff with the writing, just in terms of performances and, uh, and effects and lighting and cinematography, all this really, really good in this movie. It's all firing on all cylinders. It's a really beautiful movie. It looks really, really good, uh, especially for something with presumably such a low budget, um, there's a lot of really popping uses of color, which are really striking, and just the tranquility of the environment kind of juxtaposed with the um, 
the building tension inside the building is uh, it's something I really appreciated, and I loved the score, which I mentioned before, and the performances in this movie are out of this world. Ava is fantastic. Um, uh, Donald Gleason is really great, and Oscar Isaac obviously always knocks it out of the park. Uh, Alicia Vikander, she she plays Ava in this movie, and like I said, she does a really great job, but uh, I wish she was in more stuff. She's in The Man from U.N.C.L.E., apparently, which is, it's been a while since I've seen that. Um, and I know she was in, she was uh, Lara Croft in the Tomb Raider reboot, which I didn't see. And I feel like there's a lot of, you know, a lot of roles that she could pull off really well. And I wish I got to, you know, see her in more stuff, because I think she, she did a really, really great job. And hopefully, you know, hopefully she gets uh, more roles in the future, because I'd love to see her in more stuff. But but yeah, she does a really, really great job here. And uh, and just in general, I think everything in this movie is really great. I really love how it all came together and gave me a lot to think about. Um, I love a lot of the, the imagery. I love the surrealism of the dance scene. I didn't really mention that, but I like that too. This is all around a really great movie, and I would highly recommend it. It's on Netflix right now, and if you're down for a sort of thriller with a little bit of a horror element... Um, a smaller scale movie with a lot on its mind and some really really great performances i think you're definitely going to love this movie it's it's really great uh I, I would definitely recommend checking it out so anyway um before i get out of here i am grateful for um finally a a nice day off i had just worked seven days straight uh, the whole week Bell to bell, if you will, and uh, my first day off is finally today. I'm finishing up recording this uh, after after a nice day of just kind of chilling, doing whatever I want. We took uh, took the dog to the park, went to the mall. Um, my friend came back after that to to play video games and stuff, and I hung out with my girlfriend and everything. It was nice. It was a good uh, it was a good good day. And um, back at work tomorrow, but then Wednesday's off, so I'm really happy that I've been having a little bit lighter of a schedule now it's starting to calm down so that's what I'm grateful for I'm glad to have some some chill time all right everyone uh if you enjoyed this episode and you want to tell other people how much you loved it uh, I mean presumably you can like it but it'd be pretty cool if you loved it uh just leave a review you can do it right in app five stars is super helpful to help me turn off you know turn turn up in the charts and uh and get more people to see the show and while you're there consider subscribing so you never miss an episode if you want to follow the show on instagram you can do that at movies and more pod that's where i post updates on new episodes and what the topics of discussion will be if you want to follow me personally on instagram that's at geovangeli1 and if you want to email the show that's at movies and more pod at gmail.com uh, if you want to find all of that and much more on our kind of home on the web you could do that at moviesandmorepod.com. I post articles there, all kinds of stuff, uh, from op-eds to um, to rankings and written reviews, news, uh, trailer breakdowns, all kinds of stuff. You can find it all there. I've been trying to, to grow a smaller little little library of, of different articles and different things that you can find on the site that you can't necessarily get here. So, you know, that's a good place to check all that out. Plus, you can get ed- any listening platform and... Uh, um, you can contact me. That's all there. So thank you if you've done all that. And thank you in advance if you're going to, but uh, I will catch you in the next one. I don't know for sure what it's going to be. I have two more that I need to record. 
I'll probably knock those out tomorrow, along with an article. I meant to write one this week, and I've been trying to keep it, keep the articles coming weekly, but I just didn't quite get around to it this week. It's been really busy, but, um, but yeah, it'll be either, uh, twins or, oh, what did I just watch? I don't remember. Oh, the town, the town, yeah. So one of the two, I'm not exactly sure on the order, but those will be the, the next episodes uh, coming up. So yeah, look forward to those and much more coming soon. So yeah, like I said, thank you for listening and I'll, I'll catch you next time. Peace. If you're listening to this, and you're like, wow, this is super interesting. Imagine being a robot. You ever thought that you might be a robot? Like, did you ever just think about, like, hey, what if I was a robot? I'm not saying I have, but I'm saying you might be. And you never know. You could just be walking around. You might have passed the Turing test, and you might just be walking around. You could be the, you know, I don't know, fifth, sixth, whatever gen of, of the Ava robot. You You have no idea, you know? You ever thought to check it out? I'm I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying do it that way you will. But I'm just saying if if you never considered it, I mean, you might be a robot. Something to think about. <laughs> what am I doing? This is this is weird. But but again, you never know. So, you know. Yeah. Do it that way you will, but you might be a robot. Okay, this is this is really stupid. This is going on way too long. But you never know. That's all I'm saying.